0: to the Geeking Poetic Podcast channel.
1: On this channel, we have shows and segments that contain adult humor, bad language, dirty jokes,
0: and other stuff that is strictly for mature audiences only.
2: So if you are too young or too sensitive for this kind of material, then please do not watch our channel or our videos.
1: This channel is not for you.
0: Thanks much.
1: And now, on with the show.
2: About to follow. (laughs) And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Geeking Poetic. I am one of your hosts, Larry Roberts. Uh, this remnant trooper down the way, he's in white, he's in blue, he knows just what to do. <laughs> he is none other than Vito. And then the one who's green and serene, she's got she's got the child all over her. She's just got it written all over her, literally, if you look <laughs> at that shirt. She's got... Uh, Yeah, she's a a fan of the Baby Yodas. She's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) We have none other than... Megan Guess. And if you haven't figured it out, you are here to watch us do our third, third recap, review, whatever you want to call it, discussion of The Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, this was episode three. Yes. And this episode was called The Heiress air ass air ass the hairy, the hairy ass oh. <laughs> yeah no the air I'm, i don't know am i pronouncing that right it's air s right air s the air yeah. okay yeah. yeah we've done the other two episodes you may or may not have seen or heard and uh so far we've been really loving the show but i have to ask because i haven't really had a chance to talk to you guys about it what did you think of this episode it was pretty good oh okay We got a pretty good. All right. Megan, what about you? Eh. Eh? Wow.
0: I mean, yeah. Really? Well, because there was so much things that if you knew more about it, and I don't know all the ins and outs of it, it would make it be way more kick-ass. Okay. So I'm like, eh, until you educate us.
2: Right. All right. That's
0: uneducated folk here. (laughs)
2: fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough because this was my favorite episode. Wow. Wow, really? Oh yeah. More yeah, than the, the Ice Spiders? Oh yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, I mean all three all three episodes have been great. Don't get me wrong, but this one I was the most excited about as I was realizing like what was transpiring yeah. and stuff. And Yeah, I'm noticing online talking to friends and just seeing people post in groups and things like that. I'm noticing a trend of a lot of people going, okay, what was this all about? Like, this feels like this is just more side story stuff that isn't getting us further to, you know. And I understand why people feel that way if they don't know what this really meant like who these characters are in the greater star wars universe and what it's going to mean
1: okay
0: yeah
2: did
1: they
0: not watch the last season wasn't the last season didn't it feel like a whole bunch of just mixed up stories and it all came together in the end why do you guys yeah hating on it?
2: right i agree because I it's the internet
1: yeah well <laughs> that's what they do The interlobes. <laughs> yeah. well i said
2: to you when we did the first review uh two weeks ago, I said that I saw people kind of complaining because they wanted to hurry up and get to where it had left off with the no, end of the there's first no
0: instant gratification here. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> well, there are, there's some gratification here. If depending on what, what satisfies you and see this episode satisfied, it ticked a lot of boxes for me. Whereas like the other episodes ticked a lot of boxes for you because you're like, I'd had big creatures and it had all this action and yeah. stuff for me. This was the Star Wars geekiest episode okay. so far. And I should probably, I guess it's going to be, uh, you know, remember that show Clarissa Explains It All? <laughs> that used to be on... Uh, it's
1: Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah.
2: We're going we're to do Larry Explains It All. <laughs> because I have a feeling that a lot of you out there, and maybe even you guys, don't completely understand the significance of this episode. Because let me ask you guys, have you watched The Clone Wars? No. no no okay have you watched rebels no. no then you got no fucking idea what was going on in this episode <laughs> precisely so okay here's the thing first of all you gotta understand dave filoni you know who is like one of the showrunners for this along with uh with Fev- john Mhm. filoni was the guy that basically helmed all the animation stuff for lucasfilm he did rebels he did star wars resistance he did clone wars and all that so that that's very near and dear to his heart and as such he's going to work a lot of that into the show Mm -hmm. and there's going to be he's going to plant all those seeds this episode refers back to clone wars and specifically rebels a lot Because I I guess I can kind of explain as we go through the details of the episode and stuff like we usually do. Also, spoilers. Yeah, we have to like let you know if you didn't figure it out yet. And I I always put it in the title, but I know some of you don't fucking read. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This show has all sorts of spoilers. Uh, So if you haven't watched the episode, don't listen to us. Don't watch us. Go check it out. Then come on back. We'll keep your seat warm. Megan will make some popcorn or something, and I'm then not you sharing, can... but I'll make it. <laughs> She's pretty serious about her popcorn. I don't know if you know that, to the point where she'll eat it till it makes her sick. Like, yes, yes, I will <laughs> violently sick. <laughs> I have to take popcorn away from her a lot of times, but it's not pretty. <laughs> no, but she loves her popcorn anyway. <laughs> hopefully, by now you've seen it, you've been warned. We can get into the episode. Uh, this episode picks up almost. Almost directly after the last episode, uh, the Razor Crest is literally just limping to, li- the... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just bobbling its way through space to get to this planet so he can drop off old Frog Lady to meet her Frog Man.
0: She's still got a death grip on her eggs. Yes, she. Well,
2: rightfully so. Yes, because even throughout this, up to a point, the child is still looking at those eggs mm-hmm. like, "I will chew the fuck out of you." <laughs> But uh, yeah, so they and and also rightfully so because boy that landing <laughs> they took, that was hilarious, oh dude. My God, that was amazing. <laughs> I died. That shit. Oh, that was so great. It was so yeah. They, there was there is some there's. I think they do comedy on this show oh, overall great. really well. Yeah. I really like the way the comedy is. Sometimes you it's a little eye rolly, but I think it's pretty good. <laughs> not, not not for, for Megan. No. <laughs> <laughs> she shakes her head like nope. Not enough for me. Yep. Um anyway they yeah they try to land on the uh, landing pad and it literally just like <laughs> slides into the ocean. <laughs> uh they land on a planet where first obvious Star Wars reference kind of thing. They land on a planet that is largely populated by Mon Calamari. Yeah. <laughs> which are for those that don't know that's like Admiral Ackbar. It's a drop. <laughs> it. And and uh, you know and it's funny because everybody talks about Mon Calamari and 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 Admiral Akbar and they always joke about it. As soon as you see one, you automatically think, it's a trap! yeah And then meanwhile, Mandel lands on this planet. He meets, he goes in, and he talks to one or two of these Mon Calamaris. And what's the first thing they fucking do? Sell them right into a fucking trap. <laughs> <laughs> Those rat bastards. <laughs> well, they also inhabit a planet with a bunch of squid head guys there there's a uh, there's a name for their kind i for, forgive me i'm not star wars geeky enough to remember off the top of my head what their kind i know him as squid head because in 1983 <laughs> he was in return of the jedi <laughs> he was one of the the characters in jabba's palace Jabba, jabba's dungeon whatever and i have the action figure and uh he's pretty ugly but he it, was
0: called Squidhead on the box, right? On the
2: box, he was Squidhead. I mean, it's obvious because he has a head that looks like a fucking squid. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they uh, these two species occupy this planet. What I do know that's interesting is that in Expanded Universe stuff and everything with Star Wars, those two species, like, don't get along. Hmm. Like, they're kind of always button heads over stuff. And the Squidhead folks... But they're both calamari. Well, they're bo- yeah, they're both... <laughs> 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 Yeah, exactly. They always look at each other, going, "Something's fishy about that guy." (laughs) 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 Sorry, we're we're just—I'm talking about corny humor, and then I I can see. I can dish it out too. Uh, I know. I know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so they so it's interesting they live on this planet together and they, and everything. But uh, the the frog couple are reunited. They go off on their way, and then Mando goes into a little like diner restaurant place where apparently all they eat there is squid chowder. Yeah, oh, I know terrible. that was <laughs> Pretty gross.
0: I love my fish, but god that looked terrible.
2: Well, and there's a couple things. First of all, I thought that was kind of weird because the people that were eating that were the the squid head people. But then there's like squid things in the chowder, so I'm like, are they just fucking cannibals? They don't care. Are they just eating their children? Because that's what it seemed like.
1: I thought, yeah,
0: it's a different species.
1: Yeah, yeah, it could be. I, I mean, suppose. fish eat fish, so maybe they're just eating a different thing right? that you know fucking fish yeah i was getting some three stooges nintendo game callbacks from that scene though where, <laughs> with yeah. the spoon in the chowder. Yeah.
2: and <laughs> well i thought it was funny when that thing launched out and <laughs> the child's face i'm like facehugger yeah, yeah. oh yeah
0: they like their face they do
2: well and you know what yeah so now that's like how many references have we had to alien and aliens the series every good show or movie will have at least one man i'm just saying <laughs> And there was a couple of, while I'm on it, there was a couple of like cool references on this show to things like that. Did you happen to notice when, later on, when the Mandalorians are fighting against the Imperial Stormtroopers and stuff, and they cut to that scene where you just see... I guess the thermograph thermograph and all that. And I'm like, dude, that's straight up fucking Predator. (laughs) I mean, that looked straight out of Predator. I'm like that. That's not an accident. No, not at all. (laughs) I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. I love the fact that's and that's what's great about having people like Favreau and Filoni and. Bryce Dallas Howard who directed this I episode. noticed at the end mm-hmm. I was like oh no shit man she's man she because she did that other that episode in the first season that was one of the best ones yeah, so that's right good on her man she's like really getting it you know she's really integrating herself into the Star Wars universe and everything so she's got the Jurassic Park connection and now Star Wars so she's gonna be queen she of the win-win, win-win. yeah
1: because <laughs> yeah. her dad did solo or some of Solo right. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, the Howards are well, they've got a long standing connection to George and yeah. Spielberg and all of them. Kathleen Kennedy, all mm-hmm. that. So anyway. Um yeah, it just it's cool that they they seem to like not have a problem, even though it's Star Wars, they put in these like little like referential kind of things to other cool things in the hobby without making it like, ah, oh, that took me out of the Yeah, they,
1: they know how to do it tastefully and not seem like a ripoff. It's more of an homage. Exactly, and, you
2: know. exactly. Well, anyway, so then after the whole facehugger soup incident and everything, uh, one of these squid dudes ends up telling Mando that he can take him and the child on their boat somewhere to go find a Jedi. Turns out that was a load of squid bullshit. <laughs> And they're just a bunch of squid billies (laughs) (laughs) on the boat because they kick the baby into the cool man,
1: (laughs) not cool. Yeah,
2: into the uh, water, the tank holder thing that has some big creepy, another big weird round mouth creature (laughs) thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, Mando, of course, jumps in after it, and then they trap Mando in there because once again, all anybody in this universe seems to want is fucking Beskar arm, you know, his armor. Apparently Beskar is the shit. I mean, I know they kind of emphasized that in the first season, but damn, people are crazy <laughs> ravenous for Beskar.
0: Don't they know not to fuck with the Mandalorian, though?
2: These people are stupid. Apparently. You know, some people just don't understand crime don't pay. <laughs> not even for squids, <laughs> you know. But uh, anyway, it's not, it's not looking real good <laughs> nope. for the two of them. And then, holy shit, who shows up? Three Mandalorians show up and start kicking some serious ass, and that was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: that was, cool. that was badass. I'll give you that.
2: I think the Mandalorian. Yeah, I I loved the Mandalorians, and we'll get into them in a minute. But I loved I love how they make them. They're so ninja like. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the way they they come in and you know they're I know they're supposed to kind of almost be more like knights in a sense, but to me they're almost more like badass. G.I. Joe ninjas or some <laughs> shit. So they rescue him, and then we come to find out things are kind of weird because here we go again. Helmets are coming yeah. off. And it's like, oh, what the fuck? We went through this in the first episode with uh, Marshall Vance, you know, or Vanth, Marshall Vanth doing that. So it's like, are these phony ones? No, they're not phony ones. It turns out that the leader of the three is Bo-Katan. You guys
1: have no idea who Bo-Katan is. Nope. I just know it's a bow and half of katana. (laughs) So it's some kind of ninja (laughs) reference. Ah, There you go. (laughs) No. So here's
2: the thing. Okay. So Bo-Katan is not new to the Star Wars universe. Bo-Katan is a very major character on Star Wars Rebels. Okay. And throughout and stuff. And uh, yeah, this is where I guess I will explain it all for you. So first off, I want to say Bo-Katan was performed by Katie Sackhoff, who is the same actress who did the voice of Bo-Katan on Star Wars Mm. Rebels. Oh, nice. So that's really cool. That's another cool thing about Dave Filoni being involved in this is anytime he's been having people like characters that already appeared in other on his animated shows or did voices of other things, he's been trying to get them all involved and stuff. He's very dedicated to his old cast. you know. yeah. Anyway, uh, so Katie Sackhoff plays Bo-Katan. She's a former member of the Death Watch, which is a group of Mandalorians who fought during the Clone Wars. Mm. Uh, Her sister was a duchess, and she was overthrown and slaughtered during the Clone Wars by Darth Maul. Mm.
1: So... At that point... Is this robot legs, Darth Maul? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because this
2: this is after... This is during the Clone Wars, so this is after uh, the Phantom Menace and all that bullshit. Um, (laughs) But uh, at that point, Bo ended up joining, forming a group called the Night Owls. Okay? And it was an all-female, badass, like, ninja Navy SEAL sect (laughs) of Mandalorians, which... If you looked closer on the Mandalorian armor they're wearing in this episode, you'd notice that they had that etching in I there so. like on their helmets and on their shoulder pads. If you look at her and the other female one, they have the owl symbol mm. and that's because they're from I see. they're from the night owls and stuff. Um, <clears throat> her whole thing is she kind of goes into it very briefly, but her whole thing is that she's, you know obviously a descendant of in, in Mandalorian uh, of Mandalore. And everything, she believed very strongly in it. She, at one point, not only has she fought against the Empire and, and people that have tried to take over Mandalore, she's fought and defeated them. And when she did that before, the one thing that she had, that she inherited... Uh, given to her by Sabine Wren and the Clan Wren, who's, again, characters from that. Sabine Wren's fucking awesome, if you know. Um, If you know, you know. (laughs) And she inherited from them uh, the Darksaber, because the Darksaber is what Moff Gideon has at the very last scene, when he cuts himself out of that TIE fighter at the end of uh, Season 1. Now, that Darksaber was an ancient weapon that belongs to Mandalore. Mm. It belongs to the Mandalorians and stuff. Not only do they need that weapon back to whatever, bring back fight and bring back their glory and stuff, but they really ain't happy that the empire and Moff Gideon has this weapon. Mm. Uh, Another cool side note is that the other female Mandalorian that you saw there, her name was Casca Reeves. Obviously, she was one of the night owls. She had that etching on there. She was played by Mercedes Varnado, mm-hmm. who is otherwise known as Sasha Banks from WWE. Oh, that's oh. right. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Sasha Banks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, Cook, uh,
0: I was just tell me about that tonight.
2: I honestly didn't re- catch that when I first watched it either. Mm. And, th- and then when I went read right up on it before I watched it again, I was like, oh, yeah. And then when it, now I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> But explains why she's got them moves, you know, because yeah. she was kicking some ass and everything. And then uh, the other guy's name, the, the guy there, his name was Axe or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, part of the reason why they take their helmets off and they have a little bit of a different aesthetic to what they do and how they are compared to Mando, who is very negatively taken aback by this, mm-hmm. is the fact that he was a chil- one of the children of the Watch, which means and we we knew this, this was revealed to us in the last season, was that he had been found, he's a foundling or whatever, he had been found by these Mandalorians, and he had been raised in a certain way. And you come to f- realize that not all of Mandalorians are the same. And yeah, so he's never known normal Mandalorian <laughs> life. Right. He was been always brought up in this, what turns out to be a very extreme form of being a Mandalorian, which is you never take your helmet off and, you know, you have these codes and this is, the, she even kind of taunts him with you this know. is the way, like, <laughs> like teasing him about it. And I'm like, oh, he's going to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know how serious Dindrian is about his Mandalorian codes and shit, you know, so begrudgingly ends up teaming up with them to get the information he needs because they tell him, Well, we know a Jedi that we can direct you to if you help us uh, steal this gear off of this Imperial uh, ship and everything. Come to find out that they're not trying to steal gear off the Imperial ship. They're not just looking for guns and stuff. They want to take the whole fucking ship. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they want to take hostages. They want the whole deal because they are actually trying to get to Moff Gideon and get this damn Darksaber back. Now, I don't even know if Mando even knows about the Darksaber. Like, he probably doesn't even know about it. It didn't seem like it.
1: No. And he wasn't around at the last scene, was he? No, he wouldn't have seen it. So he
2: doesn't even know about all that. And even when they're kind of talking to him about the planet, you know, with all the Mandalorians and stuff, he's like, oh, I'm not going to, that planet's cursed and it's a lost cause, blah, 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 blah. And they're like looking at him like, dude, you don't even know. It's like, man, you ain't even been there. You know, step back, man. (laughs) You know, like they get on this ship. Possibly my favorite part of season two so far is that fighting that goes on as the Mandalorians are taking over that Imperial ship. That was great. Yeah, dude. Just thinking about it, it's making me tingly, man. (laughs) Just everything, because you see it, you look at the ship, you look at the hallways, you look at the Imperial officer, you look at the stormtroopers, the whole way. I'm like, this is Star Wars. (laughs) This is what I want from Star Wars. (laughs) It's not that hard. You can do this. I don't need Dex Jetster in his stupid 50s cafe (laughs) and, and stupid... This is a drag and all your other silly shit from, you know, and Yoda flipping around having this goofy hey, Warner Brothers now. fight. It's stupid. It ain't Star Wars. This is Star Wars. This felt like Star Wars. It was clunky like Star Wars. <laughs> it was, you know, it was kind of drawn out intense. That's classic Star Wars. And that scene, like I said, the Predator scene yeah. with the, all that. Mm-hmm. The way that fighting was going down, them being on the comm link and stuff. Did you notice she had the same little comm link just like 3PO has? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything yeah, yeah. and a new hope. I Again, you know, most people are like, who cares? And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, yeah, long and short is that they end up uh, getting through to the officer that they want to get to. They want to hold him hostage. He's like, ain't about that ends up chewing some what was it sorry i've seen cyanide capsules before but whatever he
0: electricity yeah
2: yeah yeah. i was like god damn dude that was grim (laughs) like seriously i'm like you can't yeah you can't just take some kind of like cyanide capsule that's like you gotta like shock the shit out of you it was like it was like what was he chewing on tinfoil (laughs) the long short is they don't get to moth gideon they don't get the information they don't get the dark saber they're you know i mean come on it wasn't gonna be that easy right uh, However, Mando making a lot of sacrifices and everything. You know, he he took some bad hits with that. Yeah, man. that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. When he ran into the fray there and was like, "I'll, you know, I'll cover you." And I mean, of course, he's got that badass armor that helps him too. But the way everybody wants it, well, I suppose that's true. Yeah, but anyway, the point is, he took one for the team. Everybody at the end felt like. You know, they had a new respect for each other, even though I'm sure he still is like, put your fucking helmets back on. (laughs) And uh, they told him the information that he wanted, which was you're going to go to this planet and you're going to look for a Jedi named Ahsoka Tano. Nothing? Nothing. Fuck. Okay, dude. So here's the thing. (laughs) So Ahsoka Tano is a very, very, very major character in the Star Wars universe now. And Ahsoka Tano was introduced during the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. Ahsoka Tano was, when she was a little youngling and everything, she was found by a Jedi named Plo Plo Koon, who I know because I have the action figure of him. Of course (laughs) course I do. (laughs) (laughs) And she was brought to the Jedi Temple and then she was made a Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. Hmm. Yeah, because once Anakin was made a Jedi, Every, you know, it's pretty normal that all the Jedi's have their Padawans, just like he was one for Obi and and Qui-Gon. His Padawan was this girl, Ahsoka Tano. And she was kind of, she was kind of, I don't know, people, you tell me. I think she was kind of annoying at first when she was a kid in the early episodes of Clone Wars, but she got badass as time went on. Eventually, she ended up leaving the Jedi Order before she really could become a Jedi. She ended up leaving Anakin. This was before he turned into Darth Vader and caught on fire and all that shit. (laughs) Uh, She ended up leaving because she joined up with Sabine Wren and the Clan Wren and everything of these Mandalorians to, and along with Bo-Katan, to go and fight for the Mandalore and against the Empire and all that stuff. She gave all that up, so she became a big part of that. Uh, she was also a big part of the formation of the uh, the Rebels, the Resistance mm-hmm. and stuff. So um she actually survived the whole Order 66 fiasco thing. Probably helped her, the fact that she was not fighting with the Jedi anymore at that point, so mm-hmm. she survived all that. Uh, Ahsoka actually survives all the way past the end of the second Death Star. So she survived, you know, past the Battle of Endor and all that. The last we saw of her at all in the Star Wars universe is that she and Sabine Wren were trying to find another sort of Jedi character. He's a Jedi, but this guy Ezra Bridger, who was a main character on Rebels. So that's kind of how they work around a lot of stuff with her, is Mm -hmm. because... If she's a Jedi, then why is it that Obi-Wan and Yoda kept saying that, you know, Luke is the last? He's our only hope and all this kind of stuff. Like, well, what about Ahsoka Tano? Well, she's not really a Jedi. You know what I mean? It's like somebody going through, like, police academy training, you know. It's like, imagine if the Goot had gone through all the police academy training but never graduated from police academy.
1: He was like one credit away from graduating. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. haunted him for the last thirty years. Right. <laughs> right. The goot and Hightower and
2: and all those and Bobcat Goldthwait yeah. and all them. Yeah. Like just somebody needed to order sixty six. Those. Both <laughs> <and> those <sometime. laughs> but I'm not going to hate on police academy. Police academy's funny. But anyway, um, so that's kind of their workaround when it comes to her. So that. She is technically a Jedi for, you know, or I guess she's technically not, but for all practical purposes, she's a fucking she's Jedi. close enough. Yeah. Right, yeah. And she's good, and she's got all them Jedi powers and all this stuff. So, like, for a lot of us, The fact that Ahsoka Tano... It was cool enough having Bo-Katan in there and seeing the night owls and all... You know what I mean? Seeing more of those kind of Mandalorians and stuff come in. But the fact that we are confirmed that we are getting Ahsoka Tano, who, from what I understand, is going to be uh, portrayed by Rosario Dawson.
1: Mm, And
2: if you know anything about Ahsoka Tano, you're like, that is literally the most perfect choice you could have ever come up with. (laughs) Like, she looks... If you look at the animated character it's like that looks like Rosario Mm -hmm. Dawson so that's killer that's very exciting and there's all sorts of possibilities which leads me to other things I mean you know I've been thinking about this and it's like where where do you think this is going to go not even so much for Mando for for Dingerine but where do you think this is going to go for the child because The main thing that's been kind of lingering in my head recently about this is these events that we're seeing right now on The Mandalorian take place so many years before the sequels. The sequels being Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. Now, by that point, we are led to believe Jedi are, once again, are kind of gone. You know, Luke is you know on his planet you know hiding out somewhere you know and for all we don't know what's going on with him leia isn't really a jedi even though she's kind of trained although we don't find that out just yet and that's it you know and then ray is supposed to be like the last you know she's the new jedi so here's my thing where's the child in all of that
1: dead (laughs) (laughs) who said he's a jedi
2: Well, it's not even so much, but, well, I mean, but this is the point, is that the whole point of this story is we're trying to get the child to the Jedi, Mm because clearly this child is super strong in the Force, and he looks all Yoda-like and shit. Obviously, he does not factor into the story at all with the Force Awakens Mm -hmm. sequels. So it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just being a pessimist, but yeah, I mean, I'm sort of like, is this kid going to wind up fucking dead? Because... People are going to freak,
1: man.
0: <laughs> he better not.
1: People are going to freak. He's too
0: invested. Either
1: dead or he's going to somehow use all his energy at the end to save something or do something magical and that just wipes out all his that's, powers, okay, maybe. Okay, yeah. that's
2: an interesting theory.
1: Because he's gotten weak before after using his powers. I know he's still oh. young, but maybe he just wipes himself out before he can reach that maturity age where his powers just kind of recharge their batteries or whatever. Right. That's that's an interesting yeah, theory.
0: He, he, his last thing is saving the Mandalorian. Yeah. It took care of him all this time. Yeah. That's his whole purpose in life.
2: Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Well, because my other thing is, is I was like, you know, maybe, maybe they ape a little bit of their own story, too, just like what they did with... Um, Luke and Leia, where they end up like, okay, we're going to go kind of like hide these kids over on Tatooine yeah. and nobody's going to know who they actually are. And just like Yoda going off and hiding on Dagobah, on Dagobah. my thought is, I was like, I wonder if that's where they're going to take him eventually. Like, I wonder if it's like, you know what? It's too dangerous for him. He needs to mature. He needs, he could be another great Yo- Jedi Master like Yoda was, you know, because he's that powerful. Like, maybe we need to take him somewhere and then maybe some, you know, maybe they'll have, you know, it's not unfeasible to think that they could have Luke Skywalker in this story. I mean, with all the things they can do now with technology, with face swapping and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we've already seen it. They've done it to a little bit of a degree in Star Wars Mm -hmm. with the sequels and stuff Mm -hmm. and Rogue One. like. It would be cool if maybe at the end of it, if it was like they finally get it to Luke somehow or Luke comes from his planet and he was like, I know what to do with the child. And he takes that child and he puts him on Dagobah and is like, that's where he's going to stay at least until, you know, hundreds. Because they can live for eight, nine hundred years or so. Mm -hmm. Yoda was like nine hundred, you know, maybe be like, that's where you need to stay that's where he'll be safe. Plenty of frogs to eat. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> well, and because, I mean, it, it would make sense because, think about it, nobody knows where the fuck Dagobah is. Like, if you think about that from Empire, I mean, like, you go, well, how did Luke get there? Luke doesn't know how Luke got there that's why he because R2 was like I don't know what Yoda or uh, Dagobah is it's not on any of our charts here and Luke was like it's cool I know where to go Uh, let me take the you know the wheel for a while he just knows it's just planted in his head because of the force calling Mm. to him and all those all those visions of Ben when he was laying in the fucking snow yeah taking a nap inside a tauntaun (laughs) and shit and a stinky tauntaun (laughs) anyway nobody knows and that's why Yoda was able to hide out there 'Cause that that planet, even though it's very, you know it's got all the resources that he needs and stuff, it's like off the map. Nobody. They
1: erased it from the Jedi databanks on that one place from yeah, uh, it, Right,
2: right, right. Just like, yeah, yeah. Well, just and just like not not unlike that planet, you know, trying to figure out how to go and get yeah, right. Like
1: they did. Is that the, Kimona? Camon? Yeah, whatever. whatever what, yeah, whatever Camino. Camino. Mm. There it is. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that's what I'm saying. So they can do that. And I mean, clearly. Vader never found Dagobah all those yeah. years, never found Yoda. The fucking Emperor, for his powerful and all that horse shit as he was. <laughs> I hate the fucking Emperor. Um, as you know, he never found it. So, I mean, that's a good option. It's like, get that child to Dagobah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that's where he belongs, you know. Yeah,
0: maybe they're hinting at it because they keep mentioning things not being on a map.
2: Right? Yeah. Okay. So they could
0: be straight out telling us and we're not listening it could be or maybe we are
2: and how exciting would it be at least for me if they showed dagobah again like cuz we've not seen dagobah since jedi since yoda died like there's been no revisitation of mm. dagobah like i just think that would be really fucking exciting to see the child another yoda like creature back there on dagobah with all them frogs making bad stew <laughs> <laughs> singing about seagulls <laughs> <You know? laughs> And how that log had a child and all that people are like, what is he talking about? It's the seagulls song. Look it up folks. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean, so that, that, that's one theory. And then another theory that I kind of was mulling around is Dingerine Mando. He's already, he's grown so much since we first saw him in the very first episode of season one, like the, the, character itself has just grown and changed. We've seen so many changes in him. He hated droids, now he's a little more open to that, you know. He used to just kind of be like a one-track mind guy. He was a bounty hunter, you know. He just now he's got all this empathy mm-hmm. and, you know, he goes out of his way and all this kind of stuff, you know, showing himself to be a really good guy. It's interesting to me that now he's getting exposed to other mandalorians who are not part of that extreme sect you know they're not these people that are just like we have to hide in the shadows all the time and you never take your helmet off and you only you have to follow this very specific code and do you think there's a chance that we could see Din like being more opened up and influenced by that because if he's going to be around people like Ahsoka Tano who's very integrated into Mandalorian society and, and with all of them Do you think there's a chance we could see him maybe softening up on some of his extremist upbringing and getting to a point where he doesn't, you know, feel that everything is the way and and, you know, maybe take his helmet off? And if he did get to that point, how do we feel about that?
1: I hope he does not get to that point. <laughs> I hope I wish he had never taken his helmet off in the first yeah, season. I like I agree. I would have loved to see this entire run of the series go without seeing that dude's face. Mm-hmm. It would suck for the actor, but it would his, just help the mystique of that character. His
2: face was too small. <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem with his
0: Nothing's wrong with his face. I liked him. I loved him in Game of Thrones, but I didn't feel his face was too small there. But I think just with the armor... You just look too small Well,
2: it's a big ass armor. I mean, everybody I looks like that, you know? I know. Look at Luke when he when he was in the stormtrooper armor and he took that helmet <laughs> off. He looked like a little shrimp, you know. Yeah,
0: I guess so. But yeah, I don't want it to come off again. Yeah I, I could see him softening up a little and seeing maybe seeing their side, but I don't I don't really foresee him changing his ways too too terribly much. They're always gonna be there. Well he's gonna be fighting it constantly.
2: I mean, he, you know, because think about it, I mean, he has got to be, at least right now, I mean, he's extremely noble, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and not to say there's no nobility amongst the Mandalorians, but the Mandalorians tend to be a little bit more... I don't know. Again, they're kind of, they're sort of like Western ninjas in a way. You know what I mean? Like I said before, they're a little bit more rough and tumble, you know, they're kind of warriors, you know? And now he's becoming very knowledgeable and noble. And I'm like, are they going to lead towards like, maybe he, you know, cause like I said, we've seen it. Well, I've seen it. You, know, you guys haven't seen it yet. In the past with things that happen in Clone Wars and especially rebels with the Mandalorians and all this stuff, trying to constantly fight back and rise up again and all this like could he be like the new leader you know what i mean like
0: maybe he marries marries what's her face
2: bo-katan bo-katan yeah. and became queen, king
0: and queen of mandalore
2: yeah i don't know about that yeah i, <laughs> no? I don't think so but uh, you know doubt it <laughs> if he was gonna marry anybody, I'd think he'd go back and marry that one woman that he met back in the uh, hides in
0: the baskets. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, they because they definitely had a thing there. Yeah, you know? they did. He got real tempted with that helmet. He was like, man, it's <laughs> like, girl, I might take this helmet off for the likes of you, but I, <laughs> but No. no. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It just it left a lot of questions for me. You know, just realizing that they're going to start introducing all these other aspects of the story into it. And that's what I'm saying, where people are sitting there saying, well, this feels like this is just like too many side journeys. I'm like, I didn't feel like this was a side journey. The last episode was a side journey. Mm-hmm. Last episode was a... was a, uh, It was
1: literally straight out of an RPG game where you got to do a side quest for like a non-playable character. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I need this loaf of bread to go to my cousin, <laughs> you know, two hours away. Can you walk it over there for me for 20 gold pieces and... 25 experience points, uh, sure. Because I'm a level one character. That's what I have to do. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it.
2: And I mean, all the episodes have that to a degree. And I guess this one did, in a way, it might seem like that because he gets lassoed into doing this quest with these Mandalorians. But this really set up a lot of important things for the future. And I just think that, again, if you didn't know who Ahsoka Tano is, you didn't know who Bo-Katan is, all that kind of stuff. I think that really um, makes a big difference in how you perceive the importance of this episode. So for me, yeah, this episode was a big winner. It really left me with a lot of like, oh, my gosh, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go with this? So I don't know, folks. It
0: crammed a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah. Because this is the shortest episode yet.
2: Yeah. Well, I was, yeah, speaking of that, Vito brought up earlier that it was like how this episode was just barely over half an hour. It's like each episode's getting shorter. Yeah. I wonder why.
1: Yeah. You know. Maybe this story just didn't have enough to fill out 45 minutes or something. Yeah. It, it was be. probably
0: COVID related. It could be. They didn't have enough time to s- film everything they yeah. wanted to film.
2: That's, that's true. That's possible. Or it could have just, it could have just ended up in the editing room. I sure. mean, because almost everything, you know, they film more. Yeah, it could just be that they had it in the editing room and it originally just didn't work. Right? It could. Bryce could have been sitting there and looking at it, going, "We don't need this. We don't need this. Is slowing down the story. Everything we need to have in this story is right here, and it wound up being thirty three yeah. minutes. The only negative about this episode for me is that I I could have. I felt, I was enjoying it so much, I really felt like, I was like, I could use more of this.
0: That's how I felt about all of them. I want more of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it to end. Keep going. Give me two hours. Ooh. Yeah. That might be a little much, but.
2: <laughs> right. What about you guys? What would you say was your, uh, was the, the big
1: positive and the big negative? There wasn't like a big negative for me. I just, at the end, I was like, oh, it's over already. Like you guys were saying, but the positive was the ship heist. Because yeah. I love me a heist story. mm <laughs> <so. laughs> Acid death and heist yeah, stories. Yeah, I'm all about
2: those. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Meg?
0: Um, yeah, again, I I don't have any big negatives. It's not like I hated it. I just wasn't able to follow it as much as I should have, I guess. Yeah. And I knew I was anxious to talk to you because I knew you would tell me what the fuck I missed. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you always do. Like, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, now I understand what's going on. So I just wish I I, I knew more to get the story better and now i do so now i can move forward
2: anxious to see where it goes yeah time will tell tell. yeah i was waiting (laughs) for that
0: yeah i i just a couple things we didn't touch on Mm -hmm. was when he had to go and do this heist that he left the fucking child with the
1: yeah the
0: frog people (laughs) why did they even take him in like no get that child away from me he just ate all my kids are you crazy and now they're hatching
1: yeah, I did like that when he was looking at the eggs. You're Like, oh, he's going to eat one, and then when some little tadpole guy comes out. That mm. was kind of cool. <laughs>
2: and he wanted to take it as a
0: pet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I have enough pets. <laughs> that was pretty cute. Yeah,
2: that was cute, and I, it was it was cool. Like, yeah, because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, that's pretty risky leaving that child with you know that child will eat the frog mama and daddy if you let him because we've uh-huh. seen him mm-hmm. eat big things before uh-huh. like that you yeah. know. Yeah. So. um He's a grown boy. Yeah. Well, and then there was the scene at the very, very end when that creepy squid thing was crawling on that oh. wire towards him. Oh, yeah. gosh. Mando reaches out and grabs it all <laughs> badass. That and was then pretty cool. Basically gives it to the kid and is like, fucking eat that. Mm-hmm. And he,
0: like <laughs> slurps it in. Yeah. It's <laughs> so gross. It's so gross. I enjoyed it at the end whenever he's picking up a ship. He's like, "I gave you so much money. What wow. are you? What, what the hell is this?" Yeah.
2: <laughs> Seriously, and it's funny because again, if you know about the Mon Calamari, is that they're 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 very noteworthy for being uh, great shipbuilders and stuff. Mm. And then the funny part was at the very end, the very last scene when he like takes off and you see like d- shrapnel from the <laughs> ship <Yeah. just laughs> right. like falling off in space, <laughs> like floating there. I was like, "Oh god." <laughs> What did they do to the Razor Crest, man? But anyway, yeah, it was a cool episode. Brought up a lot of interesting uh, questions and things to look deeper into. Whether or not we'll see Ahsoka Tano in the next episode or if we have to wait a little while longer, I I don't know. We still haven't seen other than that brief little uh, transmission of uh, Moff Gideon uh, on the Imperial ship, Mm -hmm. basically telling that dude he better kill himself or whatever. Yeah. Uh, We still haven't really gotten to him. And there's still the big lingering question of if and how is Boba Fett going to factor into this after we saw that bald bastard standing on that sand dune at the Mm -hmm. end of the first episode.
0: Mm A lot of
2: questions not answered. They're coming.
0: It's a big buildup. I'm telling you, it's coming. Well, Stick with it.
2: It better be (laughs) or there'll be trouble. (laughs) So with that, I guess that's it, man. We will be back and we will go over the uh, next chat. It'll be episode four, chapter 12. And uh, we will be back next week to talk about that one. And we hope you will check it out with us. Please like, subscribe. Most importantly, we really, really, really want your comments. Leave comments. Tell us what you thought of the episode. Tell us about some of the points we brought up or if you have your own insights, your theories yeah we're doing this we're not making money off this we're not getting famous off this we're doing this because we want to talk to you uh, about this stuff because we're a bunch of geeks that like talking about this stuff so yeah especially Mm -hmm. this run so reach out reach out and touch someone unless you're a Mon Calamari (laughs) which you you know because we know that shit's a trap (laughs) on that note (laughs) see you later everybody Bye.